Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. Good morning, my name's Craig. I head up the leadership team at Billingshurst Family Church. It's great to have you join us this morning and um, I pray that you get something good from the message today. Um, I'm preaching from the book of James, chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. And Before I open that up to us, uh, let's take a moment to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the, the power that it is to us. I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would open it afresh to us today and that um, uh, that we'd have our ears open to hear what it is that you want to say to us, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm now going to read the passage. You'll see it on the screen. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in shabby clothing comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonoured the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honourable name by which you were called? If you really fulfil the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbour as yourself, you're doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. When we encounter someone who is well-dressed, who appears successful in the eyes of the world, it can be really tempting uh, to give them the best seat in the house, maybe even try and cosy up to them. Um, show them the greatest respect by letting them have, you know, having those best seats, getting the best food, getting the first choice of food and so on. And um, when we do that, we make a distinction. Um, we decide they're worth spending time with, getting close to. Maybe some of their success will rub off on us. Maybe we can get something um, from them. You know, clearly they're doing all right in the eyes of the world to be able to rock up in their nice clothes. Um, you know, maybe we want to show them a bit of favouritism uh, to gain an advantage. What about like when we encounter someone we might not much like? You know, their clothes don't look good. Um, they're not to our standards. They don't fit in with the way we think people should look. Um, you know, they look like got nothing going for them. Um, we might turn aside. Um, we might ask them to wait outside while the rest of us go into the gathering. Um, you know, perhaps we enforce our perception of their position in society by making them sit to the side or sit, sit out in the foyer. We don't really want you in here. Maybe you could go to the place down the road, um, uh, try and get them out of the way. You know, when we encounter these two characters together, the, the guy in all his finery and the guy who, you know, who's in his hoodie, and you, you might not like the look of him much. Um, uh, you know, when we look at both of them, we distinguish between them. It's like we 
um, in James, like perhaps the one who appears in all the finery, we give a good seat to. Um, we give a good choice of food. Um, whereas the one we view as you know lesser, maybe a bit of a down and out, um, poorer, we make them sit sit aside. You know the way they you know sit aside out of sight. It's not just distinguishing; it's more so discrimination. Uh, some commentators say that's the better translation of the word is to discriminate. Um, you know, we're blinded by what we see, and that causes our, us to discriminate. We see one guy looking good, like he's got the whole thing together, and we see another guy who's, you know, not looking so great, maybe a bit on the poorer side, um, and we discriminate between the two of them. I actually wear all of these clothes that you've just seen um, in different situations. I can be found in a shirt and tie, looking nicely suited and booted at a wedding. Um, but on a cold night and heading to the pub for a pint with some friends or just cuddling on the sofa with my wife, um, I'll wear that black hoodie. It's one of my favourite hoodies. It's really warm. Um, and uh, it's something that I, reminds me of my mountain biking days when I used to do a lot more cycling. Um, the strange thing is with all these different clothes, as you might see me or found yourself seeing me in different lights depending on what I'm wearing, but the reality is it makes no difference to who I am inside. Uh, inside those clothes, it makes no difference to my identity or to my value. In Job 34 verse 19, we're told that God shows no partiality to princes nor regards the rich more than the poor, for they are all the work of his hands. When we discriminate between those who appear successful and perhaps wealthy in the eyes of the world and those who seem like the lowest, we judge by the outside appearance. We choose to judge between uh, those who stand before us. And in doing so, we, we elevate one by giving them honour that they probably don't really deserve. And we, we, as we elevate one, we push the other down, push them aside. When we make that distinction between two people, we are elevating one and pressing the other down and this is a great temptation for all of us and there's a reason James wrote it in, in you know in the AD 60s or so because that was a problem then as well and James points out that in that, that time that it's those who were the rich those who appeared to have it all together had all the worldly wealth were the ones who were persecuting the church those who were dragging Christians to the courts for their beliefs and, and their actions we don't know exactly what was going on, but we do know they were dragging them to court. You know, why give them any extra honour, James is asking. What, what, why are you honouring them and why are you pushing your brother down? Uh, you know, the poor brother down. You know, as we're reminded in Job, God makes no distinction between different men based on their, their rank or their status in society. Um, he's, he considers their heart rather than their outward appearance, as we're told in 1 Samuel 16. You know, we don't know the state of people's hearts like God does. God knows exactly what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling right now, um, but you've got no idea. Um, you know, so we can't draw judgment. We should, should draw no evil judgment um, by someone's external appearance. James goes on to comment on how God chose people just like this poor man to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom. You know, how do we see others? How do we see um, the, the poor in our society or those who you, we might feel like we don't really want around? How do we view those people? Um, do we see them as those with the potential to be rich in faith um, despite their outward appearance? 
do we see those who have the potential to be heirs of the kingdom? Do we see, you know, the opportunity for them to be rich in faith? Um, you know, they might not have, people might not have loads of money. They might not look successful on the outside, but they might well be rich in faith. They might be a loving child of God, um, just like you might be today. You know, let us not judge poorly and dishonour the poor man. So what about the royal law that James mentions? Well, as a response to the problem of partiality or favouritism, and that's what this whole passage is addressing, um, James goes on to highlight some of Jesus' teaching about this royal law, this thing that James has termed the royal law. Um, and it probably, this, this term probably refers to the law of the king, um, the law that Jesus set as the highest laws for people to follow. And that's recorded in all three of the synoptic gospels. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. And James particularly calls on this bit of love the, your neighbour as yourself. It's like the, um, and um, the people that James is writing to were probably people of Jewish heritage. James was leading the church in Jerusalem um, and they'd have probably prided themselves on remaining faithful to the scriptures. And James draws on the message that Jesus said summed up the law and the prophets. And th this whole, you know, love Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. He said the whole of the law and prophets is um, summed up in these verses, these laws. And um, James holds it in one hand and goes like, you know, we know this, we know this. And then he compares it to what they're doing in showing partiality uh, or favouritism. And he shows that by committing this sin, uh, of favouring one person over the other, they're actually failing to keep the entirety of the law, that which they held precious. You know, if, if you're a, a Christian here today, watching this today, let me remind you that you have been offered, you've been afforded mercy by God. When we consider all that we've been given, it takes uh, the mercy that we've been given. You know, that mercy is given to us and it takes root in our inmost being. And then out of that indwelt mercy, that sense of, you know, not coming before uh, a condemning judgment one day, you're free from that because Jesus has freed you from that sense of condemnation. You know, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, when we uh, live out of that mercy that we have received, we're knowing we have no condemnation with the freedom, the liberation that comes with knowing that there is no condemnation for us now. When we live out of that mercy that we've received, when we, we speak and we act, out comes mercy uh, towards others. When we live out of this new life that we've received, we act out in mercy towards other people. But when we ignore the mercy that we've been given, that when we ignore the new life that we've received, we lean back on our broken lives, our brokenness. Rather than living out of mercy, we live out of our brokenness, the, the remnants of our, of our old self, the bits that are still there, that are still in process of our sanctification. Um, and that's harmful towards others. When we live in a worldly way, it's harmful towards others. It elevates the wrong people and pushes down people. And that's not okay. This is what James is pointing out. It, you might find yourself, I often find myself living not out of the mercy that God has given me, but instead living out of the brokenness, the stuff that's still left behind um, and still being worked on. I still live out of my worldly, um, worldly fleshly life, my desires. Um, you know, and sometimes we just have to turn back to Jesus. 
come back to him afresh, remind ourselves of his mercies towards us. The word reminds us that his mercies are new, God's mercies are new every morning. They are available to us every morning. And sometimes that means we have to go to them every morning and remind ourselves so that we don't live out of our fleshly um, brokenness, but we live instead out of the good mercy that God has given us. You might find yourself today watching this going, Craig, this still sounds well and good for the Christian, but I'm not a Christian. What does this mean for me? Um, and all I can say is actually it's the same answer. Sometimes we have to come to the place of, you know, as Christians, we come to the place of uh, coming back to Jesus, reminding ourselves of all that he's done. Um, and for the non-Christian, it's exactly the same. The, the root of finding real mercy, of finding real liberty comes in coming to Jesus and seeking him and asking him to give you his mercy for all the in your life that you know is isn't isn't good or it is sort of stuff that's making you feel ashamed you know Jesus brings mercy that deals with our shame um, and so the, the, the answer is to come to him and ask him uh, to help you find him find, follow him to help you to accept him as Lord and Saviour of your life and if you need some help doing that um, please do get in touch um, you can message us on the YouTube channel and um, I'd love to chat to you um, you know mercy we might not quite comprehend what it is but it's a sense of not getting that which is, is due to you you know so you might feel like you're you're due condemnation or you're due judgment or, or punishment or something um, but mercy is not getting that and getting something better you know mercy is, is not getting what you deserve grace is getting the things that you don't deserve and, and that's a free pass um, and um, you know God's grace is that he wipes away uh, mercy sorry is that he deals with our sin casts it offers nothing and then you are rewarded with Jesus's righteousness it's an amazing transaction of you bring rubbish and you get eternal life um, so please do get in touch if you want to find out more. I'd happily pray with you. Um, the reality is that all of us could do with discovering the riches of God's mercy afresh today. Uh, as James records at the end of this passage, mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's not judge those around us by the way they look. Let's instead seek to afford mercy to everyone. Um, mercy that comes from the wellspring of life that's found in Jesus. You know, mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's see that in our day. Let's see a bit of mercy and grace going out to those people who are really struggling right now. This is a really hard time. People are losing jobs. People are having pay cuts. Um, people are having to pick up extra burdens at work you know and that's stressful all these things are stressful let's have a bit of mercy for each other we might want to respond sometimes in anger to how people are behaving um but let's have a bit of mercy for one another and you know let's let those things go let's let those things slide because this is a really hard time at the moment and it'll be a real blessing if we show more mercy to one another you know, people are losing jobs around us. People are being forced to rely on the government, to, uh, government support, and they're having to seek the help of friends and neighbours where they might have been self-sufficient before. And this can be quite a testing time for everyone. So let me say, you know, let us show mercy towards one another. Um, and this is a real important message, I believe, for the church, the wider, wider church, but also Billingshurst Family Church, to be uh, preaching and sharing with our neighbours at this time.